to the Freedom Nation podcast with Jeff Kickle. On this show, Jeff shares his expertise in financial and retirement planning from a different perspective. Planning for your Freedom Day, which is the first day that you wake up and have enough income or assets and do not have to go to work that day. Learn how to calculate what you need, how to generate income sources, and listen to interviews from others who've done it themselves. Get ready to experience your own Freedom Day. Hello, Freedom Nation. It's Jeff here once again with another Freedom Nation podcast. And on today's show, I have Chad Harwood. Chad is someone who started off as a cubicle warrior, kind of like a lot of us did. Went off, started his own business, and then realized that he had painted himself into a beautiful corner and needed to do something different. And what he did was he he adapted his business and then went along to help his clients adapt their businesses very similar. So, Chad, welcome to the show, bud. Thanks, Jeff. So good to be here. Thanks for the opportunity. Glad to have you on. I'm really looking forward. So uh, let's get going and start with your story. So tell us kind of how you got to where you are today. Yes. Well, I'm sure I'm the only one that can relate to this experience, but I'll give you my blueprint. Started out as a college student. I love business. And the script was get a degree, go get a corporate job. I checked all those boxes finished my degree in business administration and marketing, went and got a C-level marketing director position with a software company and stayed, uh, was there for a couple years. There were a couple things that were what I call curveballs or things that I did not, nobody gave me this fine print in that script in college. So surprises were twofold. One was, I did a good job at what I did. And in fact, I got the top performance award while I was at my at my corporate position. And as a reward for that, the next month I was laid off. And yeah. it's like none of that none of that lines up. It's like, wait somehow, a minute. That, uh, yeah. So somehow you weren't counting on that part, but what? Nobody told me this. That A plus A plus B did not equal C. It equals layoff. <laughs> and I realized, wow, I don't like how that felt. I didn't see that coming, had no reason to believe. And I felt like I did everything in my control to have it go the opposite way. And that's when I realized, oh, okay, security is not security, the way I was told. On the other extreme, the other thing that nobody told me about was while I was in this position in my cubicle office, I realized something was not right and it was more of an emotional piece where I was asked to do a certain number of things that fit within a box and as long as you do those things that's all we need you to do and what I realized is I had a lot more than that to offer and there was a lot more things I planned on doing with my career and my position um, even just from my degree that I knew was not not only not being exercised, but not even being required. And therefore I was, that was a gap. That was like, wait, when am I, when's that ever going to happen? Am I going to lose that ability? I've got so much more to offer and give. So because of that, once I knew, wait, so this is it, this is as good as it's going to get. Every set I'd have a clock and I would watch my clock that second hand go around and go on, oh, I'm never getting that. But second back, there's another minute, there's another hour gone. 
knowing, ah, this is not me. I just, I felt like a square peg in a round hole, which also surprised me, right? Because I did, I was where I had wanted to be, where I was told to go on, you know, in, in just pay terms and checking those boxes, probably better than average situation. But I was progressively getting less and less happy, less and less fulfilled doing things because I, I had to do them, not because I wanted to do them. And eventually it really came down to, I'm just doing this for that check on the 5th and the 20th. Yeah. It's, it's amazing when, they, when you say you, know, you stay within the box and, and they put you into a little box. You literally yeah. are in that box. <laughs> in a little funny? box. Don't go outside and of this. Yeah. <laughs> a small box. And yeah. just when you think, oh, this is as small as this box is going to get, it becomes suffocating, doesn't it? It's so small. And so whether it was a blessing or a curse or just universe intervention, knowing that as unhappy as I was, I was probably going to do the re- responsible thing and just keep surviving my job for the fifth and the 20th check. The intervention was, you know what? You know this isn't your path. Let me help you along your way. And that looked like a layoff. In the moment, I thought, oh, my world's over. Like there's no, no check coming anymore, no security, no predictability. But what I did realize in that moment is while I was unfulfilled, after hours from five till midnight, I actually did what I really enjoyed and what really fired me up. And that was put doing my, doing my consulting business, my advertising agency and going and working with business owners, putting campaigns together and doing my own business my way. And I had control of my value of what I was worth. I had control of my time. And most importantly, um, because I did learn that it comes emotional first. The emotional payoff has to show off uh, before the financial, and then you don't have to worry about the financial part. But if it's just about the money, I'd already been down that road. If the emotional piece um, deposits aren't being made, it's a, it's a it's a predictable path to either I'm quitting or I'm burning out or or both. And yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, and I think at this point, I think one of the important things that we teach through the Freedom Day method you were doing. You found something, one, that you had a passion about, and two, you were doing this on the side. And, you know, most people would tell you, oh, I don't have any time. I don't have any time to do this. But it's amazing when you enjoy what you're doing and you could make some money doing it. It's amazing how you can find time between five and nine every day to do it. And, and really, truly, you probably get more enjoyment out of those four hours than you were getting out of the eight hours going to work every day. Exactly. Great point. That reminds me of a quote by Simon Sinek that I love. He says, when the why is big enough, the how takes care of itself. Yep. And you'll find the time. You find the money. And in fact, that whole check I was hanging on to with the death grip, which only took me about three months to more than double that paycheck. And I realized, wow, I should have just done this a long time ago. And I, I'll tell you, I, you know, Jeff, I think our, our most valuable asset that we have is our time. Yeah. Because you can create anything with time. You can create more money with time. You can create, make a bigger difference with time. 
and it's the most valuable because you can't go borrow more. We can't relive the minutes we use. It's like whatever we got, we've all got the same amount um, in a 24-hour day. But even more importantly, we don't know how much long-term time we get. I've had lots of clients that, unfortunately, their time ran out a lot long before, you know, the you know, the paperwork set or, or what the average was, we just don't know. And therefore it makes how we use our time all the more vital um, to making the most of it, whatever that is. And that's what I love about business is it will give you a great vehicle to be everything you are and contribute and make the biggest difference with whatever time we've got. You, you make a bigger, you can make a bigger return than if I'm just trading time for the next paycheck. And this is, by the way, not to say, you know, it's bad if, you, if you're fulfilled in a job, that's amazing, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. But if you know that's not you and you know your path isn't, and it's funny how this shows up personally when you're in relationships that aren't forward moving or have served their purpose. My experience is the longer I stay on a path, once I have that epiphany that, wait, this is officially no longer my highest serving path. Any minute I spend in, in in that path moving forward only makes all the things worse. I don't know if you can relate with that. Oh, yeah. No, I, I totally agree. And I, you know, I, I look at it from the, you know, when you were talking about that of, well, you know, some people may be fulfilled at what they do. You know, I mean, I, I'm a big believer, though. You know what? Create enough passive income that you don't have to work really hard at that you reach the point where, OK, I can either quit or I can stay. And I've had as many people that I've coached over the years that have stayed in their job, but it's just way the heck easier <laughs> to get up in the morning and know I didn't really have to go to work today. I went to work because right. I wanted to and I enjoy what I do and I'm fulfilled by that. You know, and some people are like, I hate, vehemently hate my job. Okay, that's just killing you a little bit every day. So fix that problem, fix the income problem. And then go do something that makes you happy. I mean, go volunteer your time. If you didn't have to worry about money, what would you do at that yes. point? You know, and then go from there. So, yeah, I didn't want to go too down, too far down that path. But I think we're, we're kind of going around the same thing. And, and we've kind of had very similar experiences. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I, and I think sometimes you you won't make that decision. Had work been eh, OK, you know. Yeah, you'd have kept going, but that thing happened in life, and I'm completely convinced God has a sense of humor sometimes. And if you don't take the step that he plans for you, he just kind of whacks you with, well, here's a layoff. Take that. Yeah, take that one and see what you can do with it. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I love it. By the way, I love your podcast. I love what you're about because I think this freedom more than uh, it's always been vital Yep. I honestly, I don't know if you've experienced this as I talk to business owners you know, around the world, around the, you know, in the nation, there has never been a higher priority and awareness of business owners and people in general for their freedom level, their ability <laughs> to enjoy their life beyond the paycheck. And they're desperate for that at more and, and urgent about it. I, you know, I've, I'm a big believer our, our, our business model as far as our return on investment and what, what we measure our results to our clients by is all about creating freedom, freedom in the form of time, freedom that the, the owner gets to keep more and more of their own time to spend however they want 
and money freedom. Time and money freedom are the only two reasons to go through the the stress and the work that it takes to own a business versus, you know, having a job. But I get to control my time and I get to decide what my value is and write my own paycheck. Then the next, the, the evolution though is also while you do that, that my definition of freedom is you can be 100% where you are all the time. Meaning when you're at work, you want to be there. When you're working your business, you want to be there. There's nowhere else you'd rather be. You love it. You thrive on it. Everybody feels that your customers, your team. Um, and when you get, when you get on vacation, you're also there 100%. You're able to unplug mentally physically, emotionally from your business and truly be with your family, with your spouse, with your kids, doing whatever you're doing. And so both sides thrive. And unfortunately, most of the time when I bring this up with with most business owners I talk to, it's the opposite. It's when I'm when I'm on vacation, I'm really not because I'm I'm on the phone constantly until I can't talk to anybody else. Then I'm still not on vacation because mentally I'm thinking, who didn't I talk to? What fires didn't I put out? Then when I finally get back to work, all I can think about is, I wonder if, uh, I hope someday, I wonder if someday I could go on a vacation. And then we've already established, if you ever get there, you're still going to be at work anyway. So you're never either place. And I think that's, that's not how owning a business should work. But there's plenty of demonstrated to have the, the life they want too. Yeah, and I, I go back. It's funny. I'm, I'm finishing up the the Retirement Trap book, which is a book I've been working on for a while. And I just made it a note in one of the chapters talking about, I mean, the most impactful book in my life was the Cash Flow Quadrant, Robert Kiyosaki. Yes. I get, in my brain, I go back to that four quadrants. You know, you're either an employee you're self-employed, so you seem like you're a business owner, but <laughs> if you stop working any given day, you don't make more income. It goes away, or you're a business owner or an investor. And you know, I I think of that every time I look at anything in my life now. And I mean, this was after years of you know running myself down that path. I, everything goes through that filter today to say, hey, how do I stay on the right hand side of that cash flow quadrant? How do I yep. stay either a business owner or an investor? I don't, I do not ever go to the left side anymore. I won't work for anybody and I'm not going to do the the self-employed route at all. Yes. You know? Yeah. So I think it's, it's the clients I work with. And I think it's a real interesting generational thing too. In the, in the, the part of my practice where I work with uh, business owners and do exit strategy planning, you know, I think one of the biggest challenges is we've got a lot of businesses that are owned by people that are in the baby boom generation. You mm-hmm. know, and the baby boom generation was the one who taught you and I get up, go to work, you know, get a good education, get up, go to work, work hard every day. You know, you need to be in control of your business and everything that's going on. And the challenge is those guys are all getting a little bit older and they're getting to the point where they're trying to sell their businesses and the generations coming behind them, my generation, Generation X, the millennials and the Gen Zers are looking at life and going, I don't want to buy a business that I have to do all this work. I don't want to buy a job. I want to buy a business that is running. And I think the baby boomers are starting to come to a reality check 
that we got to do something different. And part of that is that extraction, you know, making yourself irrelevant in your business. Yes, 100%. That whole growth and scaling model, we've, we've, as we built our business and identified, you know, the six core areas of, you know, business development, that one has to be the backbone of everything you do. At some point, you, whether you choose it or it chooses you, you're going to have to work yourself out of the business. And the crazy thing is, that's also where all the value of the business is, is my ability to duplicate myself. Too many times we get we get enamored by, oh, look at this widget. Look at this cool secret sauce that I've created. And we cling on to that because it's crazy, Jeff. I've even seen people get emotionally attached to it. Yeah. It actually hope backs them up. I don't know if you've seen this where emotionally they struggle even when they get the opportunity to move on from their business because their identity is so wrapped up in what they've created oh and built that I'm the guy or I'm the girl, you know, the, the, the woman to, to figure this out. I don't know who I'd be if I don't have it. That's correct. And then from a just an equity standpoint, if you're an investor, not, you are, you're, not the, you're not the asset, you're the liability in that case because that investor knows when you walk out that door, there's nothing left here because it's all leaving with you. And we've got to be able to be proud of what we've got. I've actually had a lot of this in heavy doses this year because we've we've tripled our business this year, but it has required me to take a bigger step than I ever imagined. It's one of those experiential lessons. You just don't know until you get there. It's like, wow, I, this is what they're talking about. People that are, you know, have moved up that chain, like, oh, this is a big test for me to actually let go and let somebody else do it, even if they might do it different or not quite as good. In the end, if I hold on to what I got, it's like then the other end of that stick is, and then you're in a job with your name on it. That's correct. If you can duplicate yourself, duplicate your brand, your experience, not only do you win because you now are not in the middle of it, but now it becomes valuable. Now you can now somebody wants to buy that because it's a solution rather than somebody's great idea that they're keeping them to themselves. Creating that framework and systems, I mean, that's that's what your job is as a business owner is not to sell stuff. It is to create systems and frameworks and structure so that you can teach that to other people. And then once you teach that to other people, then yeah, they, they're going to put their own little stink on it. That's okay as long as they're staying within your framework that, okay, the, you know, it's the six things that we do. Okay. This is how we do it. Now you might do it slightly different. That's fine, whatever. But as long as we get to the same result in the end that we're producing a predictable result, then you actually have something you can sell. Yes. Not, Hey, Jeff can work 90 hours a week. Well, great. I mean, nobody's going to buy my business because, you know, they're going to have to deal with working 90 hours a week and they don't want it. Exactly. Yeah, that's 100%. You can probably relate with this. Uh, another thing that was a surprise to me as I was evolving in my business was my first realization that, okay, I need to duplicate myself. I need to move on uh, beyond me doing all of it. But I'm a consultant and my paradigm was, wait, I'm going to get up in front, do a training, which is what I do. And then people come up to me and, hey, I want to work with you. 
And at first I was like, oh man, that was like a big shot to my ego. It's like, oh, this is fantastic. And so, you know, I get to a whopping eight to 10 people that I can actually help, you know, over the course of a year. It's like, wait, I want to, I've got a bigger why. I want to help as many people as I can. The only way for me to do that is someone else has got to be part of this. But Mm -hmm. my paradigm was, but they're buying me. They're buying, they're never going to like say yes. If I say, well, yes, I got a proven system and a process, but someone else will actually work with you. My belief was they're not going to go for that. Well, not only did they go for it, they're actually, my, my theory was, well, nobody's going to be able to take care of them as good as I could. And I'm a partner. We tripled that year. The amount of people we out triple in the, um, in our revenue, but most importantly, they truly are getting taken better than my best day doing it myself. He brought so much more to the table and just built on it. Wasn't even like doing away with what I had. He built on my base that right. we needed and then made it even better. And that created a whole new paradigm for me. Yeah. And then you can hire other people that can be consultants using your system at that point. Yes. Well, let's talk a little bit about that. Let's talk about the system that you use. You said something about six steps. So yes. walk through that. Yes. As we, when I started out as an advertising agency, uh, what I learned was everybody's belief at least with the ones I worked with, and this is common for that mid to small size level, um, but I, I see it even in multi-million dollar levels where the the theory is if we get the phone to ring, then it will it will solve everything. We just need more more sales, more sales. And yes, that's part a vital part of a business. But what we found out as I'd create leads for them, we'd create you know, build 80 leads off a $10,000 campaign of people saying, Hey, I'm ready. Come out. This was before internet where people had to drive to you. And actually, you know, you know, it was a phone call and it's like, man, if they're going to make the effort to drive to you for a remote, that's as good as a done deal. All you got to do is show up. And then they'd say, yeah, well, I'll get to that in two weeks because we're already booked two weeks out. And I'm thinking, we don't have a marketing problem here. We have <laughs> other problems. We're not even addressing scalability and production mm-hmm. and how do we manage the growth? So the very thing that I say I want, which is more business, I'm not anywhere near prepared to have any more than what I'm currently structured at. And so therefore, I changed my business model to not just marketing, but it's like we need to have sales, sales processes. What do we say? Who do we say yes to and why? Who do we say no to and why? What's the customer experience? How are we tracking those things? Productivity. How do I manage my people in a accountable, measurable way and benchmarking them so I get maximum return on my overhead of payroll expense? How do we grow and scale beyond me? How do we build the you know systems, processes, so at some point, sooner than later, I don't need to be the guy in the middle or what I call Oz behind the curtain, flipping all the switches. And to your point, as long as I'm here, everything works great. But the minute I walk away, it'll all just fold like a house of cards. Sure. So, and then probably the biggest one is finance. It's like the hub of the wheel. And mm-hmm. I've got to know my math, not only know the numbers of how much, what's my cash flow, what's my burn rate, what's my break even points. That factors into how I quote, how I price, how I bid, and all of that should tie to an exit plan, which I know you're very familiar with. It's like, 
what do I want? What What's that number that would give me that point B lifestyle and what I want next? And then I just reverse engineer that as long as I'm watching my numbers, plug that into SOP, standard operating procedures. Then I can predictably, just like a GPS tracking my you know destination for me to a tenth of a mile into the minute, businesses can traject just that that clear and that predictable too often i can know within 2 minutes of a business is in in that space or in the reactive space which is well we're just trying to make as much money as we can we let's get as many jobs as we can and hopefully in the end we're going to have enough left over that i can retire that's about as good as they can give me and GPSs don't work like that in business or yeah. reality. They need specific destinations, and then it will track and give you corrections along the way if we need to make an adjustment here or there. And then I just need to follow the information and and act and execute on point and you know when it's telling me. And then it works very predictable. A lot of people say, "I wish I had a crystal ball." Well, we do. We've got our financials. And what we do with making decisions along the way based on what the financials are telling us. But too many times we shoot from the hip with the money, with the numbers. We don't manage that way. And the bigger problem is just like, you know, I, I say you've, we've all got our own buses and you're driving the bus. You've got two jobs as the bus driver to know where it's going and something on the front of here's where we're headed and why we're going there. And then second is to make sure the bus arrives and too many times I just drive the bus, do as much as we can. Hopefully I don't run out of gas before I get where I want to go, which is still undetermined. And not surprisingly, most of the, a lot of business owners I talk to say, man, we've got a good thing going here. But frankly, yeah. year after year, we're in the same place, almost to the dollar in profit, in revenue. We're a $3 million company. We cannot get past that point. Well, it just means that we built a $3 million model. Unless we do something shift, you know, significantly different, we're always going to be a $3 million model. And so it requires what got me here won't get me there. I need to decide, okay, what do, what's our next evolution? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, and, and I, I see the same thing from that exit planning part of it. It's just, you know, you have to kind of break them from that cycle and say, okay, well, what is it that you want? And, and where do you want to go with this? And all right, well, the reality is if you keep doing the same thing, you know, it's the definition of insanity. If you expect a different result, you're, you're not going to get it. But yeah, it's the financials. I totally agree are the, I mean, that is the hub of everything. I'm, I just did a podcast this afternoon, an exit planning podcast, and we were talking about that. You know, it's, it's the first thing that everybody looks at. It's the first thing you've got to know. And if you don't have that under control, you're never going to get the rest of it under control. Yep, 100%. There's two parts. The strategic is what we've talked about. There's an emotional part too that we do a lot of work with with people, which is really connecting with what's holding you back from an emotional belief standpoint, systems, because everything happens emotional before it shows up uh, physically. And that goes to business as well. I've got to get past my paradigms or beliefs about how big I can be, about my roles. Some of it's just, you know, fear-based. There's a lot of emotion flying around right now in this day and age of running a business, lots of pressures that way. And that's another thing that we do as well as build scaffolding, help business owners 
get their emotional legs under them. So then it, they have the ability and the, the, the horsepower to, and the will to move the next, you know, strategy in place and do those things that they need to do. Well, and I, and I think towards the end too, as they exit, you know, you, you kind of alluded to this a little while ago, that, that business owner that gets kind of to the end and then realizes, oh my God, what am I going to do? I'm losing my baby and, you know, I'm losing my identity and all that. I mean, I've seen more deals fall apart at that stage than at any other stage in the process. You know, everything could be going perfectly towards the end. And then that business owner just sabotages the process because, you know, God forbid somebody else is going to take your baby and, you know, walk them down the left side of the street instead of the right, you know, because you always walked them down the right side and that was it. And now you're going to start, they're going to start walking them down the left side. And oh my God, I can't handle that. And now I'm going to, you know, and a lot of times it's, you know, a business owner that their spouse is like, either you're going to sell this business or we're going to get a divorce. And so they're literally going out, dragging their nails on the walls, going mm-hmm. out. They don't really want to, but they're being forced to. Yeah, I think the more that emotional side is kind of taken care of, we do that through a bucket list. You know, we start getting them thinking about what, you know, what are those things that you want to do before you die? And let's start putting those on a list and let's start doing some of those. It's, yeah, do something that you really love now you you've got the money you've got the time because you're a business owner and we're not going to we're not going to pick up the phone and call you're just going to go do this and be intentional about something and it's amazing it, it's funny when we start talking and it's like well you know it'd probably be 7 8 years before I retire or you know before I exit from the business and then I get them doing that and then it's like well can I do this next month you know could we can we exit out of this thing okay whoa 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 you got to Got to follow a plan here, Hoss. We got to get But yeah, Doesn't I mean, it, it, it's it's more emotional than the, the the business side of it a lot of times. Yes, absolutely. 100%. It, it's it's as important. That emotional planning is just as important as the financial planning. Because to your point, yeah, that emotional stuff, it's it's crazy. It'll sabotage all the other things. Oh, God, yeah. Up front. Yeah. Well, let's transition now to the fast five questions. How about that? Yes. All right. Great questions, by the way. I loved them. Good. All right. So here we go. We're going to start off with you wake up in the morning. Business is gone. You have 500 bucks in your pocket, a laptop computer, a place to live, food and clothing. What do you do first? Great question. So I would focus on my my two most valuable resources. One is me. And my experience okay. and my my talents. Second is my time. And then I would leverage that into maximizing relationships. So I would go out and start with the low-hanging fruit, which is who, what business relationships do I have that either A, could be a potential client, or B, could at least be a referring client or possibly both. I would go meet them. As, and I do this like rapid fire, you know, set crazy numbers of 50 a day, whatever that took based on how fast I needed to generate, you know, revenue and start making those great relationship equity, start finding out. And I don't go in and just sell them. I just, I ask them how it's going, what their needs are. And then whether I'm the solution or I know people that would fulfill the solution, I find out I essentially put 
people together and let me let me help you get what you want. This piece right here doesn't matter how much technology we have out there, doesn't matter what economy we're in, this will never go away. People always have needs and things need to be solved and they don't care how it happens. I just care that it happens. They want change, either reduce stress, give me a better lifestyle. They're buying change. So how can I be a catalyst for change for them to create what they didn't think was possible, make it easier? So that's what I would do, build from that. And then just based on my experience, I know if you put enough resources into that relationship building, the rest tends to take care of itself. Beautiful. Love that answer. What's the biggest business mistake you've ever made? (laughs) <laughs> well, pick one. I skipped over the, the, the dirty middle of my business. Okay. Now, it only took me 15 years, Jeff, to do what I actually consult, and that was to replace myself. So that was my number one. If I could roll the clock back 20 <laughs> years, I would take one year to do what I did, and then I would go hire my partner and our team and get out of that me just doing everything phase. I wish I could get that time back. I mean, I huge regrets. Like how many people could I've saved, uh, could I've helped in addition during that time that I was, you know, the hero doing it all by myself, getting really tired. That's what I would do next. That's that's my number one regret. Love it. Love it. What's a good book that you would recommend for our audience? My first one is always Profit First by Michael McAllowitz. Yep. Great philosophy, one that we subscribe to when we're working on building financial models for our clients. Wait, we wait. should get paid first, not last. We should be getting paid the most, not the least as business owners. And he's 100% right. When we look at our profit as what's left over, there's never anything left over. At the very be- at the very best, it's a break-even model where we'll spend to what we make, we'll spend to what we make. And yep. so we take that off the top first, we manage our business off the difference. Yep. I wholeheartedly recommend that book to any business owner. It is it it was the book that saved my business when it was it was going downhill fast. It was the one book that saved myself and it made it saved me from making a really dumb decision that would have sunk my business. Mike's Mike's a good friend. I actually got to know him. He he is one of the guys that if you know he he's no BS. If he puts his email address in the book and you email him, he will email you back. And he and I constantly kind of would jab at each other with, with stuff. <laughs> I, did, I built a great relationship with him. You know, just just from just reaching out to him and saying, "Hey, this is what I like or this is what I don't like." Love so I, I would highly recommend the book and all of his other books. I mean, he's yes. a whole library of just exceptional books that kind of help you at specific times of your life. Yes. What's a tool that you use in your business every day that you might recommend to our audience? Yes. I would. One that has worked really well for our company is Voxer. I don't know if you're familiar with Voxer. Yep. So those of us that have been around long enough to remember the walkie-talkie days, modern day walkie-talkie model that you use with your cell phone, but great in creating groups to basic audio instruction and even texting as well. That's really helped facilitate and streamline our communication in our company. 
Yeah, it works really well. Uh, they use it a lot in Australia. I was working with some friends in Australia and it was great. I mean, it's it's weird because you like you record something and then, you know, 20 minutes later, somebody responds back with a recording. And so it's kind of strange from that perspective, but it's a great way to it's a funny way to do stuff. But I, I remember one of my friends in Australia, he's in the car, he's driving into Sydney and there's apparently a big, I've never been there, but there's a, apparently a big kind of tunnel that comes into town. And all I remembered is him, he's talking to me on the Voxer and somehow the phone slipped out of his hand. And so all I hear is, okay, so mate, we're going to do this. And then, oh God, like that on the ground. And then it's dead silent. And I'm like, he either hit something or he dropped his phone. And so then like, you know, 20 minutes later, he came out of the tunnel and I, I get to say, Okay, sorry, I dropped my phone on the floor and I couldn't reach it from there. So yeah, great tool. I think the world of it, and it, it is fantastic, especially if you're working with people in different time zones and everything else too. Yes, 100%. Yeah. All right, last question, and you kind of answered this, but we're going to pull it all together into one. What is your definition of freedom? Oh, yes. And it is twofold. One that, that we touched base that we talked about earlier, which is you can be 100% where you are all the time. Mm-hmm. This includes if you force yourself away from business and, and you're at your, you know, son or daughter's, you know, soccer game or concert, you know, you, you're not thinking about work. When you go home at five o'clock, you're literally home at five o'clock. You can be 100% in all those places. And then it's amazing. Your relationships flourish, your business flourishes because you get, uh, unplugged time. It's why, you know, Fortune 500 companies, you know, they'll spend billions of dollars a year paying people not to come to work because yeah. the return on that emotionally, financially is, you know, pennies on the dollar to, because they're fulfilled, they're, they get some downtime. We need downtime. So, and you also need to be excited every day. Want to be at, at your business, not dreading being there and because that repels abundance. It repels business when when we don't want to be in our business. Uh, The other piece of that I will add is that you work, if you work, you're working because you choose to, not because you have to. And which is one largely driven by the time and money freedom. I built systems and processes so I don't have to be part of the solution. And financially, I'm making more money, doing less and less work, which Money's just a vehicle, right? It just creates the opportunities for us to be a philanthropist, to make a bigger difference, to have the lifestyle I want, any number of those things. The money's just the vehicle to do that. That's our ticket to that life. And therefore, if those things are covered, then I choose to, well, I still want to do a job here or there. Perfect. That's great, provided that you're 100% are opting in because that that's what I want to do, but not because I have to do it or um, we're going to suffer in some other areas. And so that's the other element of freedom, I think, that's important. I love it. Love it. Great answer. That's fantastic answer to the question. Well, Chad, thank you so much for being on the show. I truly appreciate it. Wonderful information. If somebody wants to learn more about you, get in contact with you, what's the best way? Awesome. Two easy ways. Uh, Our website is ppmanagement.com. 
We've got videos. We've got all kinds of information, customer stories. You can learn all about us and, and how we work with people, our tools, things like that. If you're somebody that likes to research, if you are someone like me that's like follows my gut and it's just like fast track, it's like, I know I just need to talk to somebody and bounce some ideas off. That's always the beginning of a great relationship for us, whether they're in our program or not, is what we call a freedom fast track session. And you can book that with me directly at chatwithpinpoint.com, chatwithpinpoint.com. It'll pull up my calendar and just go in there and schedule some time. It's the next best. I have business owners tell me all the time, man, that Freedom Fast Track session was the pivot point for our business, put us on a whole new upward trajectory I never would have found otherwise. So I would love to meet you. Happy to, you know, if nothing else, be a therapist a shoulder to cry on, but I probably can give you some good ideas and tools too. <laughs> awesome. Well, Chad, you are awesome, man. Thank you so much. And folks, reach out to him. I mean, he, there's very few people that will just offer that up and say, hey, I'll have a conversation with you. So take advantage of it. If you're that business owner that's sitting there and kind of struggling with, uh, with business or it's just not clicking for you, you got somebody that can help you. So thanks a lot, Chad. Appreciate having me on today. Thanks, Jeff. A pleasure. Anytime. And folks, as always, make sure that wherever you're listening to this, that you hit that little subscribe button. And if you can, give us an upvote. Give us a uh, give us a five-star rating. Give us a comment so we know that you're out there because we want to get to know you. So thanks a lot. We will see you guys back here the very next time. Thank you for listening to the Freedom Nation podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and all the major channels. Wherever you're listening, please subscribe to the channel and leave a rating and review. If you have friends and family that could benefit from their own Freedom Day, please share with them. Finally, join Freedom Nation by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.